You're listening to the Calm Mind Toolkit podcast, where I will be chatting with a range of health and wellness professionals who will be sharing their tools and experiences around physical and mental health. I'm your host, Helen Stammers, occupational therapist and founder of the Calm Mind Toolkit, and I'm here to help you build your toolkit of skills in resilience, confidence and calm. Let's get started with today's conversation. So today I'm joined by Lizzie from Parenting Explorers. Uh, Lizzie is a gentle and holistic sleep and parenting coach. So hi, Lizzie. Hi. Hi, thanks for joining me today. I'm really, really looking forward to speaking to you about all the things that you do. If we can start by giving a bit of a description of, of what you do. Yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My main support that I offer to families is around supporting families with their sleep, their infant and child sleep needs. And I do that as a holistic coach. So that basically means that it's very individualized to the child and family needs. It's very child and family centered. So looking at things holistically means that if there is an issue with sleep, there's often so many other reasons why that might be happening, obviously, depending on the individual child and family so I look at things like nutrition sensory and health needs child development behavior attachment routines parental anxiety and child anxiety and all of these things come under that kind of umbrella and essentially the the kind of gentle approach is without stress it's to ensure that the attachment is secure and that the child and parent feel that they can move through these phases in very gentle and supported way which right. is kind of different to some more traditional sleep training. And my role is to uh, advocate for the child and, and the family and kind of support them through that journey. I also do a little bit of behaviour support if families feel like their little ones are struggling with behaviour issues. And yeah, that's yeah. that's it really. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that's it. That's it. <laughs> it sounds brilliant especially what I'm doing within my role is this building this toolkit and it feels like that's a similar approach because there's not one size fits all there's not one solution it's about actually looking at the whole person when you talk about that gentle approach for someone who's maybe not heard of it before what makes that something that you support and believe in what is it about that gentle approach that you feel actually makes a difference yeah, that's such a good question. And you're absolutely right. It's quite a big thing, the word gentle, and it's obviously used for lots of different things. And in the sleep world, it's really about responsiveness, supporting families with their sleep and parenting, because gentle is such a huge thing. But I guess it means to me, comforting, reassurance, trust, lucidity, all of these different things are wrapped up in that word. And in order to kind of ensure that we're providing that when I'm supporting families with sleep, for example, it's very much about tuning into well, what's our, your baby or child trying to tell us here? You know, yes, they may be waking up several times a night. And yes, that's really difficult. And, um, you know, that's that's really hard to manage. But actually, if we support the child in a gentle way, but also supporting yourself as a parent in a gentle way, mm-hmm is really important you know considering things like self-care and recognizing your own needs and then that hopefully then can be carried forth and communicated to your child and it's kind of like this circle of gentleness and 
responsiveness, which again is quite different to some of the other methods where it can be more like, right, we need to train our children how to how to sleep better. We need to actually think about what our child's trying to tell us and what they need in that moment and making it more sustainable for you as a parent in order to meet those needs. Because obviously recognising that waking up multiple, multiple times a night for a parent is very difficult. So it's trying to create that balance, but not without a response to the child unless the child initiates that. It feels like that actually that child's not doing anything wrong. It's not looking at what the problem is. It's looking at build understanding. And like with perinatal mental health, there's there's so much research and evidence backing this approach actually that you talk about in attuning to each other and being mindful of what the experience is so I guess you you're looking at the experience of the child and the experience of the parent as well and how that interacts with each other yeah definitely and I think that's so important isn't it and everything that you're doing with the with the calm toolkit is exactly that and I just think that yes hopefully this sort of approach totally is respectful of that way of thinking and actually that sometimes it's about trying to unpick what's going on before just trying to fix it exactly one of the most challenging parts is feeling like there's a fix and I need to find it and that can be really exhausting in itself absolutely What would you advise to anyone that's a bit bombarded by the different books, the different approaches where people telling you one thing and someone else tells you something else? It's really, um, it can be really difficult to know what to do and feel, uh, yeah, feel overwhelming in how to manage. What would you suggest? Yeah, that's such a good point. I think for me, my first thing would be try and just trust your instincts, which I know sounds like a really loaded thing if you're feeling really bombarded with so many different pieces of advice and information. I think sadly, this past year and a half for any parent, but especially new parents, it's that kind of saying of, you know, we have to parent in a village and there hasn't been a village. So probably that means even more so people are going to be tuning into googling you know in the middle of the night or scrolling through their social media or obviously listening to friends and family or other advice and it can feel feel totally overwhelming because we kind of want to find that quick fix especially when it comes to sleep and it's so easy to google something like you know why is my six-month-old waking or how do I stop my little one from getting up at 4am or whatever the the issue is Mm. you that and you are faced with a thousand different pieces of advice and it's very hard to then be able to tune into what makes sense to you Mm. so my opinion my sort of opinion on that would be kind of like well if if some if you read something or you hear something and it makes you go a bit "Mm, that doesn't really sound right but okay if it says it here that or I've read it or someone else has tried it then maybe I should go for it But if it feels like that isn't something that you could get on board with within your own parenting instincts, even though sometimes when you're so exhausted, our instincts just tend to feel really wobbly. There is hopefully that gut feeling. And I think my support is heavy on trust your instincts. The parents are the experts on their children, not me, Mm. not not Google, (laughs) not not a friend or a family member, as well-meaning as the advice can be. And it's always generally with really good intentions if it doesn't sit right it's probably not going to work for you anyway yeah you have to kind of believe in in what you're going to try and do and I would say the best thing to try and do is to try and find find your village you know find if it is social media that you're looking at find the accounts that speak to you in a way that makes sense that's reassuring that builds confidence and empowers you Mm -hmm. rather than 
makes you feel like, oh, God, my baby isn't sleeping through. Why is my baby supposed to be sleeping through? Well, my baby doesn't do that. Or my baby only naps in the sling, doesn't nap in the cot like I've done this all wrong. They're not the people that you should be listening to. Yeah. And not in a judgment way, just in if that doesn't sit with your parenting style, because obviously for some parents, their babies might sleep really well in a cot or they might not wake as many times. And that's great, too. Like we're all different. Our babies are all different. Yeah, that confidence issue is such a key part. So thinking everyone else knows better than me. Everyone else is doing it right. That sort of comparison with others and to work alongside people that are going through the same thing or that feel have maybe got the same parenting values. I kind of see, yeah, how that would be actually really helpful. Yeah, definitely. Exactly that. And and we are all different and we've all got different thoughts and processes. But yeah, I think if you can find a kind of alignment somewhere along the line, then mm. it's going to just build your confidence as well, which is really great. Yeah. Within your support, you focus on incorporating that nature element. I know from your logo, you've got you've got that in there. Can you tell me a bit more about that and how that works? Yeah. So the support that I offer is multifaceted. So there is there is support for parents, there's support for, for sleep, there's support for child development and behaviour. But actually, from a sleep point of view, the nature part is very much linked with the fact that for me, I'm really passionate about outdoor learning, that children and families and parents, we all need to be outside more. We all need to be engaging with nature more. The benefits are huge for our well-being. Yeah. Um, from a baby and child point of view, you know, the amount of learning that happens, the creativity, the exploration. And um, yeah, my logo is very much like based on that nature element of being outdoors, being free and then from a sleep point of view it's very much really actually let's try and take the pressure off ourselves a little bit got a tiny baby or a big baby or a toddler or a child because I do actually work with a lot of families of older children around Mm -hmm. sleep Mm -hmm. um, especially linked to anxiety and again sadly this past year has just heightened that and I I often say I know it sounds really simplistic but maybe just get outside more because if we're at home and we're trying to create naps or bedtime are being we're getting into battles things are feeling quite oppressive then that opportunity to just be outdoors in nature where even if it's just a run around you know a little bit of green space or if you're lucky enough to have opportunity to go further afield and you know woods beach we're really lucky in our local area obviously with all of that but it doesn't even have to be that just fresh air because the more you're out in nature that builds up your senses once your senses start tuning into the environment that is really good for your well-being, but also it's good for your child because it essentially, and this is the good bit, it builds sleep pressure. You know, exposure to outdoors actually effectively just tiring them out. <laughs> whether it's whether it's physical or sensory, you know, even for a tiny baby in a sling or a buggy, their sensory needs are going to be heightened. And that helps to build sleep pressure, which helps to ultimately help them sleep, you know, whether it's for a nap or later on. Now it's not obviously. 100% fixed you know we could spend all day outside with our babies and they're still not going to sleep through the night yeah. but actually at least we haven't been maybe home stressing about where they've napped or how they're napping or how long they nap for and we kind of feel emotionally better for that so I really try and bring in this element of just spending some time in nature and reconnecting with yourself and your child mm. even just for a short period but it's obviously just one part of kind of holistic support but yeah. I think especially again this past year and a half it's just been so hard and we've literally been locked down I mean I know we've been able to do our daily walks at certain points when that was a really intense period of lockdown but 
we have been in, we've just been in, haven't we? That's what yeah. it looks like. Thinking about kind of the sleep thing, I think it's really easy to get caught up with the naps and with the schedule mm. and especially people that tend to like being more in control and ordered it can have a big impact on mood because of being so restricted not getting out not getting fresh air for both of you you notice that with parents you support yeah and I think it's it's really difficult because obviously again because this holistic responsive method comes from following the parents lead if the parent have a have a need for their baby to sleep better in the cot or you know have a certain routine that then supports their own mental health because obviously some parents really like that ritualized routine as well and there's a safety in that too yeah. but essentially it's kind of like well okay but let's let's maybe take a step out of that context at the minute because I'm guessing if they've come to me then it's not really working anyway so mm-hmm. let's try and give a whole different spin and think about things that might change that up a bit for you and then you can come back to this once maybe for example as a practical strategy baby's really struggling doesn't want to go in their car it's obviously stressing the parent out and as as you say really impacted on their mood and their anxiety and actual parental anxiety has a big impact on sleep because if we're deregulated then our babies become deregulated it's very very difficult to let go of the the kind of expectation of oh well I need them to go in the cot and actually maybe spend a few days let's just go out for a walk of that time of day with them and see what happens see how you feel see how baby is then they might actually start to regulate that time because they're out they're sensory stimulated their nature their oxytocin levels are boosting as are yours then they can hopefully have a little nap or if they don't that's okay and then actually the next day the same and then they might start to regulate for example, that time. And then maybe you could kind of think, okay, well, now I might try for that cot nap because I've let go of this stress that was really building up. Yeah. Um, I, I know it sounds really simple, but it's not obviously like there's more sort of support around it. But essentially that's the idea. Mm-hmm. The idea is to just give yourself a different perspective. And if you add nature into that perspective, it tends to really have a positive focus, even yeah. if it just helps for that day. Yeah, I think it's yeah day by day, and anything that is gonna help you feel calmer is got to be a positive thing. I've noticed there's so much fear that gets associated with sleep because if my baby doesn't sleep, then I won't be able to cope, or that it it becomes so stressful, and it's really hard to try something new because you're risking. Mm. What if it doesn't work? What if it makes it worse? So it. It feels useful to have your real support around making those steps forward because I can imagine it'd be so hard to do by yourself. Yeah, especially when you're in it, like you can't quite see for one of a better expression. You can't yeah. the wood for the trees, you know, it's just, it's too hard. The idea is it's very kind of phased, simplistic, like break things down, you know, actually what can you change? What can we change? Just one thing that would hopefully make this whole process easier on you because mm-hmm. often going in with the big overarching goal, which might be, you know, less night waking, obviously, or more naps or less bedtime battles or less waking up at 4am, whatever it might be. If you start with that big goal, it becomes, well, actually, I can't even get that because I can't even get my little one down for sleep without this or this happening. So it's kind of like, okay, well, let's just, just phase that support into tiny steps and let's figure it out together in a way that's achievable but confident building hopefully like you say like being able to take a risk but with knowing yeah. it's going to be okay yeah 
it's going to be okay you know i think there's a big emphasis on the fact that our babies need to sleep but actually biologically they don't (laughs) they i mean especially under six months for example they need to wake it's preventative against SIDS it's wake for food they wait for comfort and then from six months plus the research is that 80 percent of babies wake one to three times a night up until at least 18 months and i know of many many older babies and children that wake more at that age and so actually the expectation is totally unrealistic against what is the actual norm so a lot of what i do is trying to change that norm normalizing wakefulness normalizing infant behavior normalizing the fact that your baby wants to be fed back to sleep or rocked or cuddled or sung to or patted or lie next to you if you can safely bed share whatever it is that's appropriate for your baby that is normal we've been doing it for millions of years yeah and i think that's the message that's really important to me to get out there because hopefully if that message can be a bit more louder then maybe some of the fears that you mentioned and the some of the worries around that would lessen. It might not necessarily make you less tired, yeah. but it might make it easier. You don't have another thing to think, oh, I have done this wrong now, you know? Yeah, you can put your energy into how to cope with that tiredness as opposed to being yeah. so caught up in that in that fear and that worry around the sleep. I, it must be such a relief to hear hear that and it is such a shame that that the expectation about baby sleeping through that my baby's a good baby because yeah. of sleep I think that's really yeah it's quite damaging in a sense because you're always then feeling like you should be at a certain point and if you're not it's not not normal but it sounds like it really is normal it's so normal and also like because I get a lot of parents asking me you know oh have I done it all wrong because I did all of those wonderful things like feed to sleep you know however the baby's fed or rocked or you know paced around the house we've all been there at 3 a.m hours on end and and it's like no they're all the great things because what we want is to build attachment build co-regulation build your baby's brain and actually Getting your baby to sleep in all of those ways induces oxytocin, which induces serotonin, which induces melatonin, which is the sleep hormone. Getting your baby to sleep in any other way that causes stress to them and you raises cortisol and cortisol is not good for sleep. So it's kind of like I really want parents to hear all of the things that they actually come to me and say, oh, I've done it all wrong or it's my fault because I've done this, this and this. It's no, you've done everything and more, right? Yes. If down the line it becomes unsustainable or obviously if you're not coping and the sleep deprivation gets too much, there's so much that we can do to support you with that. And so many things that are responsive, gentle, child-led, that bring bring all the good feelings for all of you without making you feel like you've done anything wrong, actually celebrating what you've done right. Yeah. How do we value those moments that feel like, oh, wait, baby's baby's awake or the child's awake and judging that as not a good thing but actually valuing what you're offering your child like you said with the attachment and the co-regulation and how important that is I think sometimes that's not valued enough that what you're doing in that moment is really important yeah definitely I think it's it's just being able to recognize that and that's why I guess at the beginning where we talked about that trust in your instinct like even if you're really really tired and it's really hard and don't I know there's there's really hard moments where you can get feel frustrated and it's not 
you know really working out mm-hmm. but actually just recognizing that cuddling your baby or soothing your baby sleeping with your baby safely or whatever it is that might be happening in that moment it is actually building their brain babies brains are experience dependent so mm-hmm. and a million this just blows my mind every time I say it, even though I know it, a million neuros per second are developed in a baby's brain. Wow. So whilst we're having that opportunity and it's the middle of the night and it's hard and it's and it's tough and they're kind of looking towards us to regulate them, we are building and strengthening those connections in their brain yeah. and offering that support. And I think you're absolutely right. It's about trying to find ways for us to cope with that. So actually a lot of the support that I do is around that mental well-being things like self-care and good sleep hygiene for yourself because sometimes I think what can happen is finally our babies fall asleep but then we're wired because our stress is heightened because we're thinking oh they're going to wake up in an hour Mm. and so we start looking at our phones or you know we're not taking care of our own mental well-being we're not having good nutrition or we're we're not looking after ourselves as well as we could be we're getting anxious and therefore our sleep is then extra affected so it's kind of this balance between I guess as what I said at the beginning, being gentle with yourself is so important. Yeah. Do you have an example of what maybe most parents might come to you struggling with? I think it's kind of probably reflective of what we've sort of talked about in the fact of have I done something wrong because I've been doing X, Y and Z to help them get to sleep. And now they won't sleep so well, you know, and it's kind of like turning out on its head and saying, no, you haven't. You've done everything perfectly in terms of regulating and supporting your baby but now it can be kind of like well let's use all the wonderful things that you might have created with your baby so there's a really great technique called habit stacking which is from um the wonderful Lindsay Hookway so she's my mentor and she trained me as a holistic sleep coach so because often parents say oh it's because I feed them to sleep or it's because I rock them to sleep or it's because they only sleep on me so it's kind of like okay well that's brilliant let's use that that works and then we'll layer up loads of other different supportive responses that we can gently ease away from over time so the thing about gentle sleep coaching is it does take well not all the time I've had very very quick success with many families for different reasons but generally to do something like a a layered approach takes a bit of time but that's okay because we're leaning into what the child needs and um, and actually sometimes parents think that they want to stop it but then it comes to it and they don't they don't want to stop rocking their baby off yeah I wonder if that's going back to what you said about those instincts that mm. is maybe the expectations maybe they don't match and you're giving them the opportunity to realize how they want to parent and yeah exactly and then essentially like a really good strategy that any any parent can do if there is something like that is you're, you're rocking the child off and then you kind of on top of the rocking you might add a little bit of what you would do instinctively a bit of patting a bit of rubbing a bit of shushing you might add a little bit of singing now I know every parent is doing this anyway but it's just to sort of do it in quite a consistent approach so they they learn to love all of those things on top of the thing that they love the most which might be the rocking so then gradually you can reduce the rocking down less and less until you're, you're getting them rocky like to sleepy stage and then you can kind of stop that and then you can maybe add in a pat or a rub and they they learn to accept that and also pats and rubs are great because you can obviously transfer them to another sleep space you know to help them get into a car or wherever it is that they need to to safely sleep and then that can be their response and that can be layered up and it really helps to gently transition away from something that might be unsustainable um, and 
still responding to your baby's needs because babies wake we all wake that is biologically normal it's just that some babies need a little bit more support to get back over to that next sleep cycle it doesn't last forever but some of these tricks if it does feel unsustainable can definitely help to to ease that transition so they actually need less and less support to get back through a sleep cycle if that makes sense yeah it sounds like it's manageable and achievable to have that that layered approach where you don't feel like you're just completely having to change everything that you're doing and actually maybe it's going with what's happening yes yeah definitely the other thing that's really quite helpful as well just very quickly is looking at what's happened across the course of the day you know sometimes it can just be a little tweak around the timings you know lots of families come and say oh you know it's taking me like two hours to get my baby to sleep at night well if that's the scenario then your baby's either totally missed their window for bed or they're just not tired enough yet so it's okay if you just want to if it's like you know half six or seven in the evening obviously now summertime as well great go out have a walk around the block with them and build up a bit of sleep pressure or they might have got really really overtired and they just need to go down a bit earlier so I look at the structure of the whole day and also when I work with families it's very much about let's look at the day first because actually trying to change behavior at two three four five in the morning is really difficult Mm -hmm. But often the most success comes from just tweaking those things, looking at the sleep hygiene, which is essentially, you know, how babies fall asleep, the right kind of temperature, light, noise, all of that sort of stuff. And so those are kind of what we call quick fixes, which can really make a difference, especially if you're feeling super sleep deprived. They can quite quickly give you two or three extra hours that you didn't have before, which it can be hugely beneficial. Then your own tank gets built up and you can have a bit more reserve to go actually okay now I can make some of these more sustained changes to some of the nighttime behavior if if it's appropriate to your baby's needs because babies do need to wake for food you know and comfort so it really does depend but that can be quite good as well and I have yeah. a lot of families in that way yeah that sounds brilliant so Lizzie if if someone was interested in you know they've they've recognized they're struggling with a sleep issue how would they go about contacting you making that maybe taking that first step okay yeah so I've got got a website which is www.parentingexplorers.com although it's currently under construction because I've had it updated so if anybody goes there and it's not it's not working don't panic you can um you can reach me via Instagram loads of families message me via Instagram which is Parenting Explorers or Facebook and I do volunteer as well at Kate Club which is a local community club for parenting support and I do some workshops I do one-to-one I've got loads of kind of like free content on my Instagram where you can look at things like naps um, how to transfer a baby to a cot which is probably my most watched video (laughs) (laughs) and I generally do like Q&As on my Instagram stories so any of those ways in which people can contact me and um, yeah I'd love it if anybody has any questions or thoughts wants to reach out. Yeah brilliant I think it's so valuable what you do because it can cause so much stress and anxiety and it can really have a an impact so having that support and that guidance and in a way that supports the child and the parent I think it's amazing so yeah thank you so much yeah thank you thanks for joining me and I thank you and thank you for joining me for another episode of the calm mind toolkit podcast 
In the next episode, I'll be joined by Alex Allen, nutritionist, who will be speaking about what food can reduce stress and anxiety with easy steps to improve our physical and emotional health. So I hope you'll join us there.